Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today's podcast is part of our ongoing COVID-19 series. As organizations around the globe confront the challenges presented by the coronavirus outbreak, even the most seasoned talent leaders find themselves in uncharted territory. We're talking to our experts here at People Scout about the issues that are most pressing during this uncertain time. We are focused on the safety of our employees and clients, friends, families, and loved ones. However, it is important for many organizations to keep their talent acquisition functions moving, whether to provide essential services or to serve our communities by providing jobs. In that spirit, today we're talking about recovery. We don't know exactly what the economic recovery will look like, but we do know that employers are facing a very different talent landscape than just nine months ago, and many have leaner talent acquisition teams. So joining me to talk about this today is PeopleScout Client Portfolio Leader Chris Gould. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. look forward to talking with you. So right now, we are looking at a very different economic picture than we were, say, nine months ago. And on top of that, we're facing a lot of uncertainty. What are the talent acquisition challenges companies are facing right now? Thank you for the question. It's, it's something that's top of mind for, for a lot of our clients right now with the economy continuing to change, uh, with, with all sorts of factors uh, coming into that around uh, reopening of cities and states, uh, as well as school starting uh, soon. There's a lot of impacts on the economy, which then translates into what TA teams are having to think about uh, and, and, and the challenges that they have as their companies begin to open up. Uh, one of the, the, the things that we hear quite a lot about regarding uncertainty is when do you start hiring? What kind of people do you start hiring? What is their job category? And how much risk are you able to take uh, as a company uh, while the economy is still um, still teetering back and forth? And and, and so a lot of uh, the, the the people that we speak with, uh, that I talk to, are really challenged with those areas of how to make investments, when to bring back their own internal team, how to partner with their business leaders uh, as far as recommendations on. <laughs> Uh, what kind of individuals to bring in, what the skill sets are, what the uh, employer-employee relationship is, uh, even down to the level of how do we interview for them, right? So the, the traditional interview methods have changed, and, and, and so either using digital uh, or, or other technologies to, to um, move into place as opposed to the traditional face-to-face interview. And with those challenges, what is the value of RPO in 2020? Well, right now, what we can do as an RPO is help fill in those gaps and and, and help teams scale. So most TA organizations have had to, to unfortunately make reductions. Uh, they've had to probably limit or cancel contracts, investments they've had to make, uh, projects that they've wanted to work on. And, and, and so what an RPO can do is come in and what we can bring is the expertise 
uh, all the experiences across our client base, all the things that we have been hearing about, uh, have been working with people uh, regarding bringing in individuals to supplement spikes in hiring, uh, helping look at automating a process, bringing technology solutions in, uh, helping with sourcing strategies, uh, working on diversity inclusion projects, uh, other technology or process projects, uh, but being able to come in and provide value either on an ongoing operational support perspective or on a project by project strategic uh, initiatives as well. And, and, and so just that flexibility and scalability, I think is what, uh, what RPO could bring, uh, for the next several months, uh, and potentially longer as we continue to, to go back and forth with the, uh, the economy opening and, and closing back down. At the same time, we know that the current situation is not going to last forever. Again, we don't know what the recovery will look like, but we do know that at some point, employers are going to need to ramp up hiring again. What challenges are they going to face when they reach that point? Yes, this is a this is a concern for for many of our clients, and and I, I briefly alluded to it earlier, but I I think the, the the largest concern is the duration of this continues to increase. The is the lack of investment, the um, cutting back of teams of of headcount, furloughing or releasing individuals. Uh, Probably uh, a large amount of their contracts have either been reduced or cut as they haven't been needed. And that could be around media or sourcing or advertisements. Uh, but just generally a lack of investment within this organizations that has continued for quite some time now. And, and so the individuals who are on that team may have found other positions, uh, may not be back uh, available for work. And, and so when, when there is a, question of when to ramp back up, it's really twofold. One is how quickly, how much risk do, do a, does a corporation want to take with, with um, you know, the, the uh, internal operational cost and pu- pulling those back? And then two, how quickly and how realistic is it for, for a team to scale back up, uh, to turn everything back on, to reignite uh, sourcing pipelines, to reengage talent, uh, to, to build back processes that may have changed or morphed because of the pandemic or other things as well. And, and, and so it is, is going to be a lot of really uh, important questions that companies are going to have to think through. Uh, and one of those in many areas, including recruitment, obviously, is do you build or do you partner? And 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 what we've been hearing is a lot of our uh, clients and, and folks that uh, we've been talking to outside of that uh, are are really weighing that um, that decision and and deciding uh, if they want to go all the way back into bringing things in house while there's still a, a great deal of uncertainty out there. And so what's the role of an RPO provider in that? Well, uh, it, it could be lots of different areas that we, we, could, we could play in. But, uh, you know, the, the way I like to explain it is you tell us what you need and let us find solutions uh, that uh, can help you meet those needs. Uh, at the same time, we want to bring to you opportunities and solutions that we know are best practices in the industry. You know, one of the advantages as an RPO is we we have clients across different industries, different segments of the market, 
different geographies, different sizes of clients. Uh, and as you can imagine, each of them have their own unique situations, their own solutions, things that they've learned, things that we've learned with them. And, and so being able to take all of those experiences, lessons learned, best practices, and bring them to a client and say, this, this is what we've experienced. This is what we've heard. Let's not make some of those same mistakes or let's be able to leverage some of those, some of those quick wins and bring it into a solution that meets your needs specifically, uh, as well as then operationalize it, right? So, so even you may have great ideas, uh, or, or opportunities, you may not have the staff to, to actually actualize it. And, um, what we can provide as an RPO is not only the expertise, the consulting, the advice, uh, but also then to take that next that next layer and, and make it happen, uh, provide results, show the expertise, work with the internal teams, uh, be a face to a client, working with vendors, whatever it may be that fills those needs or those gaps. That is what uh, the leverage we have and the expertise we have within an RPO uh, can be used to, to supplement uh, um, an internal recruitment team. You've mentioned scalability today with the challenges we've seen happen in the economy, including a much higher unemployment rate. When employers start hiring again, or if they're hiring now, they're going to see a big increase in the number of applications they get for each role. So how do you manage that and manage to find the right candidate when you're dealing with such a large volume of applicants? Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's a, that's a great question as well. Uh, you know, it, it is amazing how things have changed in, you know, six, eight months, uh, where, where you're absolutely right. We were talking about the hardest market to hire in and then, you know, maybe a generation. And, you know, virtually every job was, was challenging to find somebody that, uh, that could fill it and was, you know, very cost, um, sensitive and, and, and lots of dropout and pipelines, et cetera. Now the challenge is going to be uh, much different. Uh, I think in some areas, in some areas it won't be. Uh, the one area that we have seen really start to come back is, is you're right in the volume areas. So jobs that may have had, um, <clears throat> you know, a few uh, applications, maybe even a, a few dozen now are getting scores, if not hundreds of applications. And, and so when you take that enormous amount of volume, with a team that probably isn't as large as it was in the first place and was dealing with a lot less volume, you have this perfect storm of a really poor candidate experience because they're not hearing back. Uh, recruiters are overwhelmed. Uh, they are trying to simply shuffle paper. And, and so to your point about finding the best applicant, um, you know, that would be lovely, but they, they're just trying to get people in the door and interview set up and dealing with the, the back and forth of, of, of the volume that creates. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there, there, uh, is going to be uh, some time, I think, before people who are, are employed are going to feel comfortable moving jobs, right? I mean, one of the, the phenomenons right now is there's, there's probably a reluctance to be the first one into a new position in case things do show down, slow down again. Are they going to be the first one out? So, uh, I, I think it's also setting expectations that, uh, the jobs that were hard to find or to fill earlier, 
very highly skilled resources, niche skills, whatever those may be, that's not going to change. This, this has not changed that dynamic. Uh, and, and you, you may even argue that it's, it's still going to be even tight, if not tighter than it was before because of all the other psychological, um, uh, decisions and challenges and, and concerns people may have about, you know, changing jobs in this job market and, and, uh, you know, during this time. So, so when I think about from an RPO perspective specifically, there's, there's two challenges that we can help them solve. The volume side, uh, it's really about helping supplement the team and, and, and having resources, automation, technology that can go through that, that volume of individuals using assessments, uh, using digital tools, technology tools to help, uh, determine who are the best uh, applicants for these jobs and then to quickly get them through an interview process. Uh, as you can imagine, if they're applying for your job, they're going to be applying for dozens of other jobs. And, and so, uh, you know, if somebody's been looking for work, they're not going to wait around, uh, to see how many offers they could get. They're going to take what, what, what's, what's given to them first. Uh, and, and, and so being able to, to scale quickly, get through the volume, be able to determine who's the best candidate. Enter them into an applicant into an interview process very quickly and make a decision. In this market is going to take a lot of time and effort. RPO can help with that, uh, both with the individuals, the technology, the assessment process to, to determine that, uh, who, who's the best fit and get them through. On the flip side, as we talked about, I think that challenge is still very much, uh, there and it's around sourcing. It's around, um, innovation. It's around marketing. Uh, getting your story out in front of those individuals, selling the opportunity, selling the company, uh, and, and continuing to bring sourcing expertise, uh, at a, a fraction of the cost of, you know, giving it to a, a search firm, uh, and, and allowing them to, you know, that, that RPO to go out and uh, engage in talent, uh, have the resources to, to build those pipelines and, and to bring people in that, um, uh, are still very skilled, like I said, or, or have niche skills that are, are hard to find. When you talk about scaling and scaling up, what does that look like on an employer's end? Yeah, absolutely. It it, it actually could be a very uh, quick uh, process uh, from an ease perspective. What we like to do is is start to develop that relationship to have individuals on our teams uh, train, get to meet hiring managers, understand processes, how the technology works ahead of time. And, and so developing that relationship, uh, developing those playbooks, the, the internal training. So our teams could start to be trained, ready to go, hold them for an opportunity uh, with, with a client. So when the, the ramp uh, begins, it isn't a, an issue of having to find individuals, get them trained, get them set up, understand the technology, the process, the selling messages, all those important things, but they take time. And, and, and so with an RPO, having experienced recruiters who already understand uh, your company, understand how you hire, uh, like I said, ideally even get to meet hiring managers if, if that's possible. When it's time to flip that switch, they're able to come in uh, very quickly, much quicker than a contractor, you know, your normal contract recruiter or, or bringing somebody on new to a project would be able to do. And then take the expertise, take their experiences in the past and ramp up very quickly and 
uh, you know, hit the hiring need or demand, uh, as it, as it may be, uh, depending on what timeframes, uh, uh, the teams need to, to have these people on board. And so there are a lot of employers, whether they have a chain of retail stores or restaurants or hotels that may need to scale up to staff locations that have been closed or running on reduced staffing. But then they'll also need to scale back down to a more normal hiring volume. How does scalability work with that up and down? <laughs> yeah, I, I, we expect most, as you said, retail, quick service, restaurant chains, you know, anywhere that there is a large volume of workers needed, but then they've been displaced for quite some time. We are already seeing a surge in hiring. Uh, and, and we'll continue to see that. But as you said, once we get past that surge, it's going to level back out into steady state, whatever that may look like. And, and, and so the value that an RPO can bring is, is absolutely around the scalability, able to, to bring on individuals, scale up very quickly with global teams if needed, bring in the, the quality and the quantity of resources that uh, a client is looking for. And then very quickly uh, scale the team back down, and and from a client perspective, it's it's invisible to them. They don't have the risk of of having to make investments. They don't have to worry about managing those large teams. Uh, they they just simply uh, share with us what the demand is. We talk about what the the curve will look like, and we know it's going to change and ebb and flow. But uh, we build in processes in our teams uh, to 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 make sure that we're available to to hit those ramps as well as any kind of secondary spikes or whatever may happen. But just as quickly can turn it off, and 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 that's the the value of an outsource provider is that we have the the scale and the expertise to do that effectively and, and quite honestly much more cost efficiently than, than most organizations can do it themselves. So for employers that are looking at having a hiring surge at some point in the future, what should they be thinking about and doing now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that we've uh, started to have more conversations around. I think as Internal TA organizations start to learn more about their business plans as far as recovery and starting to open back up. One of the areas that uh, will take an investment, and that investment may be time, it may be uh, financial, it may just be expertise and getting systems set up, is building back pipelines so when they're ready to hire, they don't have a four, six, eight, 12-week uh uh, time that they need to push back hires to to get ready uh, with all the pre-work that has to be done. And, and what we have been talking about is how can we help bring that pipeline, get that pipeline, start to uh, be set up before it's ready. Uh, so using a CRM, uh, sourcing uh, techniques, uh, engagement, uh, marketing processes, uh, actually, in, in some cases, connecting with uh, applicants or with um, candidates and, and talking to them about uh, the company, the organization, uh, you know, potential opportunities are coming up and really getting the, the pipeline uh, re-energized, ready to go. And, and so when, when hiring is ready to ramp back up, 
it, it, it is much more of a turn of the switch as opposed to, like I said, a multi-week, if not month process to get things um, set back up. You mentioned this a little bit earlier in our conversation, but what about the health concerns that exist right now? Many companies have not had recruitment processes without face-to-face -face interaction. How can an organization or an RPO provider work to address that concern? Yes, that, this is the uh, one of the areas that I find most fascinating is the changes that will come because of this um, this time and changes that I think quite honestly are going to stay uh, to a large degree and I, and I think it starts with the, um, the 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 new or phenomenon of working remotely uh, and not having everybody in an office uh, so so challenging a lot of the cultural norms uh, that many companies have held on to. Uh, and, and are starting to get more comfortable with, um, with, with individuals not being in the office. And I think a natural extension of that is now the recruitment process. Uh, and I think there's two drivers. One is obviously people aren't going to be in the office, but two, as you mentioned, is health and safety. And as, as, you know, most of all companies, health and safety is top of mind, especially these days. So when you think about a recruitment process that, uh, is respectable um, uh, for both the employer and the employee and their health concerns, safety concerns. What we look at is is really how do you how do you use digital processes, uh, other um, interviewing technologies to uh, recreate that experience as best you can, and and so there is automation that can be put into it, whether around digital or texting, uh, doing different ways to, or working different ways to communicate with individuals. But, but certainly using video interviewing, whether it be one way or, or live two way interviewing, uh, to, to help individuals, uh, present their story, be able to, to see and, and meet their hiring manager, uh, for their, to, to become a, a connection there as people are becoming more comfortable with video. I think obviously this is, uh, accelerating that process where in the past it might have felt a little uncomfortable or clunky, uh, and making sure that it's, um, easily accessible. Uh, especially mobile, but also on PCs, whatever other technology somebody could use that uh, they could quickly, easily um, be able to, to pull up an interview, speak to somebody in person uh, and be able to make that connection where they, they feel good about making a hiring decision. And then obviously rolling into an onboarding process that probably looks and feels a lot different than it has in the past as well. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to add or is there anything else that talent acquisition leaders should be keeping in mind right now? Yes, uh, you know, it, it is at times seems counterintuitive that you would want to make investments in talent acquisition during a downturn in the economy. And in, if, if you read business leaders, if you read what they write and what they think about, what they talk about, many of them actually go quite, quite opposite in that thinking of this is the time to invest in strategic, uh, partnerships and strategic talent, uh, and, and in making investments where others may not be. So when things do ramp back up, you're ahead. Because I think a, a big piece of this talent war will be around timing. We know the economy is going to get better. We don't know exactly when. We don't know how it's going to impact different industries. We don't know how 
on a geography by geography basis that may that may uh, that may impact or how they open up their economies, but we know it will happen. And and so when we think about that recovery, how can uh, a partnership? And it could be formal or informal. Uh, like I said, we have conversations. I have conversations all the time with people just talking about what's out there and, and what they you know, are thinking about and what we have seen uh, to, to formalizing an arrangement that helps, uh, in my mind, reduce the risk of, of when things open back up from a TA perspective, how can you be prepared but not having to take on the additional risk of cost, of headcount, of um, contracts or investments when you don't know exactly when um, you may need them. And, and, and so that is something that we're thinking a lot about right now, uh, planning with our, our partners to, to be ready in, in different scenario planning. You know, if, if, you know, Q3, Q4 into Q1 of next year, what are different scenarios that could play out? Uh, that may impact talent and hiring, and, and how do we need to be prepared for those uh, ahead of time? Well, that's the perfect place for us to wrap up. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was uh, fun talking with you. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at peoplescout.com, or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. To make sure you don't miss an episode or to hear more of our coronavirus series, visit our website and click on our Coronavirus Resource Center. We will continue to publish new resources to help in any way that we can. You can also subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking Talent is a People Scout production, music by sound design through Shutterstock.